You're listening to the Old Fashioned On Purpose podcast, where ambitious people master the art of returning to their roots. Have you found yourself disenchanted with society or wishing you could opt out of the rat race? Perhaps you're craving a life that's meaningful and tangible, a life where you can create and produce instead of merely consume. I am Jill Winger, best-selling author and longtime homesteader. Over the last 10 years, I've helped thousands of families create more connection, grow amazing organic food, and find the ultimate fulfillment through an old-fashioned lifestyle. And I can do the same for you. Now, on to our episode. Hey friends, I am officially back. I'm sitting here in my podcasting chair with my podcasting mic. I'm really excited to be gearing back up to record a bunch of episodes. I really missed it. I missed you guys and sharing with you and getting your feedback. Um, It was really good though. It was good for me to take a break and rest and recharge. It was definitely what I needed. So I'm feeling extra inspired, super pumped up, and I'm ready to roll. So we're going to change things up a bit. I alluded to this on the last episode that I left you with before I took my little break, but we are switching over to a seasonal format. So instead of just having a long string of different topics strung all together, which is what I did before, there's nothing wrong with that per se, but I want to get a little more targeted and a little more organized. So moving forward, we are going to have seasons and each season will have a theme. And this is going to allow us to take deep dives into various topics. Before we were more, you know, high level view, bird's eye view of different things just because we were all over the map. But no, now we're going to pick an area and we're going to get deep and we're going to get super actionable with this information. So it's going to be good. Super excited. And I've been thinking for weeks and weeks as to what the theme of this first season should be. It's got to be good. It's got to be special. And I decided to go a little unorthodox compared to what I normally do, a little bit out of the box. So the theme, drum roll please, for our inaugural season is going to be, we're going back to the beginning. We're going to go deep into actually my origin story and the origin story of our homestead, which admittedly is a little different than what I talk about here. You know, normally I don't talk a ton about me as much as I try to give you pieces of information that you can take and put to use in your life. But I've had so much interest around my story and our homestead story. And I know my very first podcast episode is like still my most popular one to date. It's like just, you know, a little bit more about us has the most downloads. And so I thought it would be interesting for both you and I to go a little deeper into how our homestead came to be. Now, that being said, this isn't just going to be me talking ad nauseum about myself. I'm also going to be pulling out different key points and lessons that I have learned along the way. Cause I've had, I've had quite a transformation and I don't always share the full extent of that. There's not always a place for me to share that, but I'm sharing it in this season. Like we're going to go deep of how I transform from who I was then and how Christian was then 
to who we are now and, and what we do now, um, it's going to be good and it's going to be real and it's going to be raw. And I'm a little nervous because I don't always get into a ton of personal stuff. Um, but it's time, it's time to put it all out there. So I'm excited. Here we go. Are you ready? Let's buckle up. All right. So, um, let's just start right at the beginning. I will also fast forward through some of the boring details <laughs> and try to keep things relevant to you. But just so you have a little bit of baseline info, I was born in 1985. So sometimes people are like, how old are you? Um, there you go. Now you know. I grew up in northern Idaho, up in the Panhandle. I grew up in a place called the Palouse. So if you see a picture of the Palouse, you know it's the Palouse because it's just super unique. Um, there's trees and water and it rains there. It's just basically the opposite of everything we have here in Wyoming, which is odd. <laughs> but anyway, that's where I grew up. My mom's originally from California. My dad's from Southeast Idaho, a little farming towns down there, but they ended up in North Idaho. That's where he went to college and that's where they stayed. So right from the beginning, as a little kid, I was super focused. Surprise, surprise, right? I mean, you probably didn't see that coming. Borderline obsessive about certain things. And right from the get, right from the beginning, which I've told you guys a little bit about this part of the story before, my number one love in life was horses. Like three years old, my parents, like, I remember reading what my mom wrote in my baby book. And it was like, wow, horses are really a big deal. <laughs> and I was singularly focused on them literally um, before I could even completely talk. That was some something in my blood for some reason. I got that from some genetic. It had to be because my parents aren't equestrians. I was not born on a farm or on a ranch. We actually lived in a tiny little neighborhood with no acreage and just a backyard. So I don't know where it came from. But from a very early age, I loved horses and cowboys and country life and barns and farm animals. And it was hard on me as a child. I'll be completely honest here. It was hard on me to live where we lived. And I love um, talking about contentment. And you know, I encourage you that wherever you are, you can make the best of it. And I truly believe that. But I also can relate to those of you who long to live in the country. Cause that was me for a very long time. And I remember I would ask my parents over and over again, because this little housing development we lived in, it wasn't smack in the middle of town. It was kind of, it was a couple miles out of town, but it was still a neighborhood, you know? And I would say, do we live in the country or do we live in the city? Because I so badly wanted to be under the country label. And they would say, well, it's half country and half city. And that would appease me somewhat because I'm like, well, at least we're half country. It's better than nothing. But I really longed for rural living like as a child, as bizarre as that was. I was like five years old and all I wanted was land and animals and horses. Just weird. Anyway, the one saving grace throughout this whole thing was that because this housing development was on the outskirts of town, we had farm fields and open space around us. And so my sister and I have one sister. She's four years younger than me. 
we spent most of our childhood running wild with a pack of neighborhood kids and it was beautiful. It was awesome. And we would build forts and we would catch frogs and we ran around barefoot and we had like a gang and I was bossy and obnoxious with the other kids and we pretended and rode bikes. I mean, our entire growing up and it was awesome. And that bit of unencumbered free range time, even though I wasn't raised on a farm or a ranch, that was everything. And that's why to this day, I still am such a huge believer in giving kids space and giving kids free time outside alone um, to make their own decisions and to solve problems. And that's um, what I do with my kids and why I always encourage that. But anyway, that was a silver lining to living where we did. Now, in addition to running wild with a pack of neighborhood children, the other piece of our life that was really, really crucial to my family growing up was church. We attended church every time the doors were open. I mean, Sunday morning, Sunday evening, Wednesday nights, and everything in between. And some of you will write me occasionally and ask, you know, what denomination are you? Do you go to church? Do you believe in God? And I, I will answer, but I don't talk about this publicly often. And I've, I think I've only mentioned this once or twice on previous episodes. This is a very bittersweet period or topic in my life. Um, church was wonderful in that it gave us kind of a village to belong to. You know, I knew all the adults. They knew me from the time I was little to as I grew up and lots of kids to relate to and to play with. And, you know, they were my peer group forever. But this particular denomination that I was raised in was very legalistic and very strict. Um, And I don't want to go into the details as far as what I consider legalistic and strict, because I know there's a lot of different um, listeners to this podcast and a lot of different viewpoints and a lot of different faith systems and denominations of folks who are a part of this audience. And I'm not here to label or condemn any one of those, but I know for me in this particular denomination, uh, it wasn't good. There was pieces of it that were very damaging to me and pieces that I still struggle with to this day, a lot of shame, a lot of guilt. And that's why I've held it, held those cards pretty close to my chest. As far as talking about those sort of things publicly, there's a lot of wounds that I'm still working on healing It's a topic that I'll talk about with um, close friends, people who I know will hold space for me and understand and listen, but it's not something I'm ready to bring to the masses and ask for their feedback on. So anyway, I won't go into a lot of details with that, but I just want to say that that was definitely uh, life-changing for me in both good and bad ways. And I'm sure we'll get into some of those long-term ramifications in future episodes, but that's There you have that piece of the foundation for now. Now, one good thing about this church was that they believed, well, good and bad. Let me, let me keep, keep listening before you cast judgment on what I'm about to say. One good thing was that they believed that homeschooling was the only way to school a a child. Now, I don't agree with that now. I don't agree that homeschooling is the only way. I think it's a beautiful way, but not the only way. Anyway, because of that, my parents homeschooled us. And that was a great thing for me. Initially, they sent me to a private Christian school, 
But after about seven weeks, my mom pulled me out because I was so bored I couldn't even stand myself. She had gone in to help with the classroom and I was like just miserable uh, trying to or being forced to keep up with the pace of the group. It's just not how I roll. I've never been that person who wants to be at the pace of the group. I want to go at my own pace, which is usually hard and fast. And so I'm really thankful that she had the foresight to go, you know, Jill's probably going to wither up and die if she has to stay in this giant group learning environment. So she pulled me out and we started homeschooling and we were homeschooled, my sister and I from K through 12, all the way through. And I'm so thankful for that because it gave me a ton of free time. It gave me the ability to pursue passions and hobbies and horses and creativity and even blogging. I taught myself how to code a blog when I was 15 because I had this free time. So that was a really good side effect of being in this church environment. So right from the beginning, I had a very intense personality. Like I mentioned before, I was obsessive over things, very intense. My mom loves to tell stories of how strong-willed I was as a small child. And part of that intensity would show up in how I bossed the neighborhood kids around. And I would definitely have some leadership skills that I remember being brought to the surface as a child. Now, the interesting piece of this, and this is why I'm bringing this up, because I, I know that I was born with leadership and, and confidence and definite intensity. However, one of the hallmark portions of my childhood was that I was horrendously shy. In fact, if you go back to any adult who knew me well as a, you know, elementary junior higher, and they said, what was Jill like? They'd probably go, oh, she was so shy and she hid behind her mom's skirts. That's what people would say about me. And I didn't do that when I was like junior high. I did that when I was really small. Just, just clarifying that. But that's what I was known for was being shy. And that was my identity. And that was my label for years and years. And it's interesting to look back on that now as someone who is not shy. And I can speak on stages and I have spoke on stages in front of many thousands of people. And I don't feel shy. And I don't feel like I don't have a voice. And I love to speak out and I love to share. And I ask myself over and over, over the years, where did that come from? Where did that shy piece originate? Because it's not how I was born and it's not how I am now, but there was a long period where that was the definitive characteristic of me. And this is the piece I want to pull out for you to take away if you'd like, and maybe chew on a little bit. In previous episodes, I've talked about limiting beliefs. And a limiting belief is simply a belief that you carry that's holding you back from doing whatever you are called to be doing. Now, limiting beliefs are super tricky because we don't usually know they're there. Like that's the nature of them. It's not like there's something floating around in our brain that says, hey, I'm a limiting belief. Check it out. Like that doesn't, doesn't work like that. They're very quiet and sneaky and they feel like truth at first. And so I had a story for many years that Jill doesn't speak up, Jill doesn't have anything to say, 
Jill doesn't like people and Jill is shy. And I think there's a lot of origins of that belief for me. I remember some pretty pivotal slash traumatic events where adults would get in my face and like demand that I talked or demand that I go with them instead of, you know, hanging out with my mom. Not like, not like in a stranger danger sort of way, even like in a, Hey, I'm going to come. Do you want to go to the park with me? And I'd be like, no, thanks. My mom was giving her blessing, but I'd be like, no, I don't feel like it. And I was, they were like, why not? Why not? Just like getting really aggressive. Um, But there was all, there was multiple traumatic situations where I remember that this belief that Jill is shy really was something I was like, well, I have to take this on because obviously this is truth. And it wasn't until years later that I was able to unpack that and realize that's not who I am. I'm not shy. I've never actually been shy. It was just a label that was put on me. Um, that I've been able to shed so much so that as I was beginning my entrepreneurial journey, which I'm fast forwarding a little bit, but this is important to this part of the story. uh, Entrepreneurship and business is really what helped me to grow in my life more than anything else I've ever done. And that's why it's so near and dear to my heart because that's when I started to be able to come into myself But as I would take some personality tests, entrepreneurs love personality tests, and I would be taking personality tests and realize over and over, I would, my test results would say I'm this way, that I, you know, I'm intense and I'm a leader and I'm gritty and I um, am focused. But then I would have mentors say, hey, Jill, you're you're showing up differently. And there was this uh, incongruity. Is that a word? Incongruity. Was not congruent. I don't know. You know what I mean, right? You know what I mean? But there was this disconnect. How about that? There was a disconnect there. And I realized that that, at that point was a limiting belief. And a big piece of understanding that for me was going back and thinking about how I showed up as a young child before the world got a hold of me and told me what I was supposed to be. And that's how I was able to figure that out. So here's my challenge slash takeaway for you in this, this area. If you feel or you have ever felt yourself feeling a little out of alignment deep down inside, right? You want to show up one way, but you can't help but show up this other way. And you just wish things could be different. I would encourage you to spend a little time journaling, praying, meditating, whatever you want to do and dig a little deeper and pay attention and think back to who you were before the world told you otherwise. Because I have found time and time again that as adults, we hold on to this identity that we think we have to keep, but it actually is sometimes something that doesn't serve us and something we don't have to hold on to. And it's something that we can shed because it's not really a part of our true nature. And there's this quote that I love and I couldn't find out who said it, but this is the quote. You might've heard it before. It says, maybe the journey isn't so much about becoming anything. Maybe it's about unbecoming everything that isn't really you so you can be who you were meant to be in the first place. And if I have to, I guess, summarize this part of my story, that quote, it just wraps it up in a pretty little bow. Biggest, The biggest part of my personal development journey over the last decade is unbecoming and letting go of all those stories that I held on to that were given to me as a young child. And I don't see myself as a victim in any way, shape or form, because I always have, you always have a choice to take on the story or not. Right. Um, 
but it is very helpful, at least for me, to identify those pieces, the pieces that were nature versus nurture or labels. So there you have it. Hopefully that was interesting for you. Um, in the next episode, I'm going to be diving a little deeper into what got me to Wyoming. I like to call it an out-of-body experience that took me from this little girl in Idaho to somehow getting 1,200 miles away to Wyoming. So I love this part of the story. It should be interesting. Thanks for listening. Um, I'd love to hear your feedback. I'd love to hear if this episode got you thinking about any piece of yourself that perhaps you've repressed or you have thought wasn't true because of labels you have taken on over the years. We all do it. It's extremely normal. But the cool thing is, is um, starting to uncover and to dig out and let who you really are come through. So I'd love to hear any revelations you have. Thanks for being here. And we will talk again on the next episode. Happy homesteading, friends.